Hey everyone, before I play this episode, I just want to say this was recorded about a week ago and my sister has since given birth to a beautiful long fingernailed baby named Leah June Larson. Hell yeah, I am an aunt birdie now. Um, in this episode, we get into all the nitty gritty details about pregnancy. It has something for everyone, whether you're a woman that wants to have kids, you're a woman that doesn't want to have kids, maybe you're just a man who wants an exercise and respecting women. Guess what, guys? Your moms went through this process we're about to explain, so you should give it a listen. There's a lot to be learned here, and if you take anything out of it, I hope you just fucking respect life more. Here we go. The Bitterfly Podcast. Knowledge is food, bitches. Eat up. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Bitterfly Podcast. Today, my guest is my sister. She's pregnant as fuck, um, so we're going to talk about it. How's it going, Magnus? Thanks for coming on. It's good. Happy to be here. So you're having a baby, how did this happen? I am having a baby. Um, I don't know, you know, one of a couple ways. Sometimes pregnancies happen without thinking about it, and this one was planned. So just, yeah, you you decide that you want to have a kid someday, and uh, you figure out a good time with the right person, and you just do that. Nice. Okay, so this baby's almost going to be a Virgo, but maybe not. Maybe a Leo? Yeah, it it all depends if I end up getting the C-section that I probably will have to have because that would be done at 39 weeks, which would be August 15th. And I believe Leo ends on August 22nd. So she would be a Leo. But if she's full term plus a day, she would be a Virgo. (laughs) So how did your body first change? Like, did you know it happened before you knew? Did you feel the changes? No, actually. The changes I mostly felt was when I got off of birth control. Um, I kind of forget that, like, as women, like, you know, when you get on birth control, you have this kind of, like, time period where your hormones are just so different than they were before. So you're, like, a little bit moodier. You're kind of crampy. You go through, like, changes in your body. And so I kind of had a reverse version of that when I got off of birth control. It's like you're getting off a roller coaster and your body readjusts. Exactly, yeah. And especially because I was on birth control for, you know, six years or something like that straight. And so, and it convinces your body that you're pregnant so that it doesn't drop an egg. So basically you've been pregnant for like six years. Basically. Yeah. All women who are on birth control are about less than a month pregnant (laughs) or at least their body thinks so. (laughs) So yeah. So I had some changes going through that, getting off of birth control, but in terms of Were you angry or were you sad? It was a little bit, yeah, more of an emotional roller coaster than before. I think that happens with pregnancy, too, where your emotions, just whatever they were going to be, they're a little bit stronger. So, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, after getting pregnant, I didn't really have very many, like, changes. But um, there's something that happens called implantation, which happens, like, within the month after you're technically pregnant. Um, And that's really intense because that's where your baby. Parasite, it's latching onto you. Yeah, your baby literally digs into your uterine wall, and I like woke up in the middle of the night and threw up because I was in so much pain. (laughs) It was completely like out of the blue, like you don't know what's gonna happen, and then it just like does. So, how long does the implantation process take? I think it's just that one moment in time the baby like latches on, digs its head into your uterine wall, attaches itself. 
yeah, like a literal tick, and then it's just there, and then it doesn't move for, you know, almost 10 months, so. Holy shit. Does that impact how the baby is positioned in the womb? And where it decides to latch onto? Is it always the same spot in the uterus? I, I don't know. I think it could be any spot in the uterus. Because it just needs to connect itself before, like, the placenta starts forming. And it has its own, like, food source. So it kind of connects itself to your wall for that. That's super freaky. Do you feel like there's been a parasite living inside of you? You know, eating your food and living off your life source. <laughs> I mean, like I don't, but I also do because literally the definition of a parasite is that it's it's attached to you. It's using you for fuel. It could not survive on its own. And that is what pregnancy is like it. She can't you know, live outside the womb until probably like 32 weeks. Her chances of survival would be really like high at that point in time. So before that, yeah, all of those weeks, she really kind of is a parasite. <laughs> you love her, but she's a parasite, but you love her. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't think of another parasite that people celebrate you having. <laughs> I actually don't think there is a single parasite that you like intentionally put in your body. <laughs> Besides, you literally have a baby shower over a parasite. <laughs> like what other parasite do people give you gifts for? I don't know. Most parasites just end up like, you know, stealing your life source. Like you lose weight and your hair falls out. <laughs> Pregnancy is the complete opposite. You, like, gain weight and what your hair is beautiful. Yeah, it gets thicker, shinier. <laughs> Do you feel like your skin is glowing? Is your hair growing? Like, have you experienced the glow and wonders of pregnancy? Like, they say you get more beautiful. Um, I think my nails have definitely grown faster. But in terms of, like, skin and hair and stuff, I have always been a little bit fortunate I haven't ever had very much acne or <laughs> you know I've always had pretty good skin so it's hard to tell what pregnancy changed about that okay so you were just one of the blessed ones are you excited for the birth like like the literal like birthing of this baby I'm really excited for her to be here like I'm excited to be a mom and to like you know teach her things and do stuff with her but in terms of like getting her out of my body I'm very nervous about that <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's very, very intimidating, <laughs> I think. Definitely. So what have they told you about what to expect in regards to birthing this baby? Um, So I have a little bit of a different situation because my baby is currently breached. So she's upside down. Her head is like at my rib cage. Her butt is like at my uterus level um, and babies to be born vaginally. It sounds like she's coming out the right way to me. Like if, if I were to exit a womb, I would probably go feet first, like a slide. I mean, <laughs> yeah, like I, I, I get where you're coming from with that, but yeah, but that's not right. <laughs> babies to be born vaginally have to come out head first. And so since she's the opposite way, I'm probably going to have to have a C-section. Um, but if it were like a normal labor and she were to come out, you know, with her head facing down. The scariest part about that, I think, is that, like, you're... Are you talking about vaginal or the C-section? The scariest part about vaginal is that you basically go from where your cervix sits, you know, it's maybe the size of a dime, usually. It's very, very not open. It's it's barely a hole. <laughs> it's barely a hole. And then it goes to being literally the size of, like, a small watermelon, like a, like, 10-centimeter head comes out of it. So I think that's the scariest part of a vaginal to me when I think about that, that you would literally have to expand to such a level and how painful that would be. 
Does that happen naturally or can they give you stuff, medicine to speed up like the opening? Yeah. So it's called an induction when they speed up your birthing process and they give you a medicine called Pitocin, which does that for you. It naturally like relaxes your cervix and your uterus and kind of gets all of it to expand so that you can have a baby. So you're interested in doing that. Like, would you prefer a vaginal birth? Um, I don't know where I sit on that because vaginal births are obviously like ultra painful and sometimes they take up to like 30 hours. Um, yeah, I've heard that sometimes labor can take like 50 hours, like, like an entire day or longer. Yeah. Like two days sometimes. You could be, you could definitely be in labor for that long. Is it because the baby's halfway out and you're waiting another day or is it like the whole process can end up taking two days to get to be that wide? It's the latter, what you just said. It's it's opening. It's getting it to the right point where the baby can physically come out. So, but then cesareans are also very scary because they're literally cutting into your stomach. Um, they're they're cutting a baby out of you. It's a major surgery, along with the fact that you're also having a baby at that exact moment in time. So, you're healing, and you're supposed to be nursing, and you're supposed to be taking care of a baby. But you just have like a shit ton of stitches. Yeah, you've had like a major surgery. You're getting staples and stitches. It's not, it's not a haha. I went to the doctor. It's like a formal surgery plus the fact you've now got a newborn, who's crying and needs everything from you. What I'm hearing from you is that having a baby blows in like a number of different ways, physically and emotionally taxing. Did you say what you'd prefer? Because it sounds like shit or shit. There's definitely drawbacks to both. I would probably prefer a c-section oh okay so you'd rather just cut that shit out i get i'd rather do that yeah also uh it's very common for first-time mothers to tear their vagina slash anus slash that whole area could oh my god i forgot about the anus it's like right there yeah women are strong creatures i think me going through my own pregnancy has made me look at every other woman in the world who obviously not every other one, but, you know, every woman in the world has had a child and just go, holy shit, like, this was actually a huge process you went through. And it's kind of like, I'm much more impressed, I think, than I was before. Not that I was intentionally not impressed, but I'm giving these people more credit, I think, now that I know about all this stuff. Well, yeah, you hear about it so much. And it's like, if so many people do it, it can't possibly be that hard, right? But it sounds like it's literally terrible. It really is that hard, I think. <laughs> How much is, we talk about healthcare in America all the time and how much it sucks. How much is having a baby? Like, babies are so expensive once they already exist. You know, they need to eat and live and stuff. Diapers and all these things. But how much does it cost to have the baby? You had sex for free. Why can't you have a baby for free? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) That would be nice, right? No. (laughs) No, seriously. Uh, healthcare in America is so freaking expensive. I remember talking to like my healthcare provider uh, like a while ago, uh, just like with the health insurance I have through my job. And basically, a regular birth costs about $20,000 and a C-section costs about $30,000. So depending on the type of coverage you have, I thankfully have where I've met my deductible, which is, you know, like a certain amount per year. You pay that first, and then once you've met it, they cover 90% for me. So if I have a C-section, then I'll owe, like, somewhere between three grand-ish area. And then if I have a vaginal birth, I'll owe about two grand. Holy shit. That's so much money just to, like, have your child taken out of you. 
It's literally so much money. Yeah. And then they charge you for like dumb stuff in the hospital. Like if you have like skin to skin contact with your baby, which you're supposed to do like after birth, you literally holding your baby, they charge you for things like that. Yeah. They basically nickel and dime you for like a lot of stuff in the hospital. Do they charge you for like people in the birthing room? You know, like 50 bucks a pop. <laughs> I feel like if they could, they probably would. <laughs> but And are you getting an epidural? The, the thing that goes in your spine that like reduces pain? Yeah, I'm definitely going to try to. At some point, though, sometimes if you're labor, if you're having like a regular vaginal birth and you progress too quickly, so you get yourself to like eight centimeters or something dilated, then you can't actually have an epidural. It's like too far gone. Oh, no. So there's a sweet spot? There's a sweet spot. I think it's around like five to six centimeters that they would give you an epidural. And then if you have a cesarean section, like a C-section, they do a different version. I think it's like more of like a spinal thing, but it's similar to an epidural. What is the process of the epidural? Like, does it hurt? Yeah, it's a very large shot that you get in your spine, and it basically numbs your, like, bottom half of your body, like your legs, your, you know, uterus area, your lower stomach, all of that's numb. How would you push then? My understanding is that you still can move your legs, you still can feel things, but it's just a significantly, you feel significantly less than before. So you said that your baby's upside down. Yeah. Let's go back to that for a second. How the fuck do you fix that? You can't necessarily tell her, like, yo, turn it around. (laughs) So the problem I'm running into is, like, I knew last week that she was breached, too. I probably knew the week before that as well. So I've been trying all these, like, quack remedies to get her to turn around. (laughs) Like, online blog (laughs) suggestions. I've had some amazing, interesting things I found on the internet. Um, On YouTube, there's a lot of videos. There's this one particularly interesting lady who apparently rotated successfully three of her children. Uh, she had crazy ideas like putting an ice pack where your baby's head's supposed to be, like doing some shoving, doing some um, weird, I can only describe it as like, you know, like the end of the Macarena when you're like, hey, Macarena, you need like a hip swivel. Like she's got like that kind of idea where you have your hands on your hips and you're just like moving them. Yeah, so I've done that. I have done a bunch of handstands uh, trying to get her to <laughs> rotate around. Yeah, because apparently when you're upside down, they're more likely to kind of, like, get the picture and flip around as well. I don't know. So I've tried all that. It didn't work. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And now my next option is to have this procedure where you go into the hospital and they physically move her for you. So they give you some, you're, like, laying down in bed. They give you some drugs to, like, relax your uterus, to, like, be pain-free. And then they physically, multiple doctors, push and try to get your baby's head rotated around. So it's like a massage, but with multiple doctors pushing on your belly. Multiple doctors trying to like rotate her whole body so that her head is down at my pelvis. And the issue with that is that they can potentially break your water. um, Yeah, what if that makes you have the baby right then and there? That has been known to happen. That's why I'm debating whether or not I should get this done. What if the whole thing fails and you're having the baby anyway? That's exactly what could happen, which is why I'm considering not doing it. Because they could break your water. They could accidentally send you into labor. They could make you bleed a bunch from this procedure. Like, it could be dangerous to the baby, especially. You might have to have, like, an emergency C-section, which in that case, they only do this procedure. Like, for me, it'd have to be done in the next week. So it'd probably happen this Friday. And if I did it then, then there's always possibility that either it works, she's down there, she could go back up, (laughs) or I might need an emergency C-section, like, three weeks early. Which doesn't leave her, like, the most amount of time in the womb, which is, like, ideal for her to be closer to her full term versus 
if it were to happen this Friday that she needed to be born. That would be like, you know, three weeks early. So. so you mentioned to me a while ago that as of 32 weeks, babies can live outside of the womb. Yeah. Yeah. At 32 weeks, the babies are like 90% likely to survive outside of the womb. So she like has fingernails and she can like hear us right now. Yeah, she's basically like a full baby. The only thing that's going to happen during the next couple of weeks is that, get, is that her lungs get a little bit stronger and she puts on more weight. So currently she weighs between a half pound and a pound every week. And she already weighs six pounds, seven ounces. So she could be a thick baby. <laughs> so you're saying she gets to be nine or ten pounds. Yeah, in the next couple of weeks. Holy cow. Is that heavy? I mean, obviously it's heavy, but do you feel like there's a basketball or two, like, just hanging in a skin pouch on the front of your body? Oh, easily, yeah. No, it's hard to breathe, and I, like, can't really bend forward. (laughs) How do you pick things up? You have to basically, like, squat. Like, you can't, like, bend yourself in half forward to, like, grab something off the ground. Like, I've always been a flexible person. I would just, like, oh, reach down. Like, my legs aren't bent at all, whatever. Bend myself in half real quick, grab it, pop back up. Can't do that anymore. (laughs) Can you touch your toes right now? No. (laughs) Not at all. Also, my feet are incredibly fat, but that's a different story. (laughs) Is there any gross shit going on right now that, like, you did not foresee happening that no one told you? Or, like, any secrets that you've recently found out? Besides, obviously, like, your ankles getting fat. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that, like, I think people, like, kind of, they already know about. Like, you gain weight. Your hair is supposed to get thicker. Your ankles get fatter your feet get swollen like all that stuff like I feel like is common knowledge but no one really talks about like how much sweating happens like yeah it's summer but like I have to shower like twice a day okay it's not good (laughs) yeah I was yeah exactly like the level of sweating I had before if that was just like regular this is easily like two to three times more sweating than prior (laughs) is your toe hair growing longer or anything strange like your armpit hair is just taken off no they do say, though, that you are supposed to get weird hair in places, but that hasn't happened to me, though. Thank God. <laughs> Ooh, you're one of the fortunate ones. Right? Yeah, no, no hair on my fingers or, like, anything weird like that, so. No chest hair yet? No. How do your boobs feel? Uh, good? Itchy? I don't know. I put lotion on them now, but, yeah, because they grow so much, I think it just kind of is this, like, weird, they get itchy because they're, like, kind of, like, stretching and expanding and you were, like, a flat-chested woman before this. Like, eight and a half months into pregnancy, how big are your boobs? Are you C-cup, D-cup? Like, have you m- moved on and up from that? I literally, I don't know, but they are quite a lot bigger than they were before. <laughs> are they, like, two handfuls now instead of zero? I don't know in the handful measurement, but, yeah, they're significantly larger than they were prior to this. Okay. Is there anything else going on with your boobs? Like, they're literally filling up with milk. This is a legitimate question. They actually aren't filling with milk. They are just, like, getting bigger. And the I think it's, like, two to three days after you have a baby, your body, like, knows when you've had a baby, and it starts oh. producing milk. I've heard it just kind of, like, hits. Like, it just snap your fingers one day. You're just like, oh, I have a shit ton of milk. And you I've, didn't before. I have a shit ton of milk. <laughs> I have you- a gonna breastfeed yes i'm gonna try to i was gonna say the stuff that's in your boobs like at this point in time is called colostrum and it's just like a it's kind of like a milky substitute but it's not milk yet have you tried to squeeze anything out of it 
No. Weird. I would have tried. Are you so you're gonna breastfeed your baby? Yeah. For how long? I don't know. I've heard a year is normal. I don't know if I would be able to go that long. Oh my god! Do you remember the character in um, Game of Thrones? Oh my god! Where <gasps> she was breastfeeding her ten-year-old son. <gasps> oh my god! That was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's like the strongest though out of all of us. I'm, I don't know, but um. So let's talk about the fun stuff. When can you start drinking again? You've been sober for a very long time now. Um, I don't know all the rules on that. I know that there's a, there's a way to like drink and like, you know, do extracurriculars. Um, but I don't know all the rules around it. So I need to figure that out first. Because I've heard that as long as you aren't drunk, like if you could drive, you can breastfeed. So you could have like one drink or I don't know. Maybe you're like a large person. You can have like two or three drinks as long as you're able to I've drive. I've heard that too. I've also heard though that uh, there's like, you can like, it's called like pumping and dumping where you just like pump something and then you like don't feed that to your baby. Cause pumping it's like. Pumping and dumping. Yeah. Ew. I know it's a gross way to phrase <laughs> it, but that's just the way I've heard it. But basically, yeah, where you like, you pump out some milk and you realize that there's been alcohol in it. So you like don't give it to your baby. When you have breast milk in your fridge, I'm not going to lie, I might try it. Do you think we can make a breast milk latte? I just, I feel like it would be healthy. I think you would be, like, appalled. It's probably going to be disgusting, but sure, Mm. if you want to. I mean, humans drink, like, milk from other animals. We're freaking milking oats and almonds. Like, why not try breast milk? That's, like, an interesting topic as well, because, like, cow's milk, obviously, is the most common milk to drink, and that is super high in protein, but human milk is, like, very, very low in protein. Oh. So, just kind of, like, in, it, it makes you realize that, like, humans aren't needing as much protein as we think we're needing. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Who was, someone was telling us that they made white Russians with breast milk. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that was appalling, but it actually, it, it was like, wait, maybe it's good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> but you also got vodka and Kahlua. Like, I feel like that's got to, like, you know, cloud, like, your judgment on, like, if it's good or not. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Wow. Okay. So let's jump into the societal implications of having a child. I feel like um, it's kind of... <sighs> And from my perspective, I feel like when someone has a child, it's like a badge of honor. It's like a congrats. This is the best thing you've ever done. You know, you are amazing for having a child. And now that I'm talking to you and I'm hearing about all the struggles, like, wow, it really is. It really is. But is this the best thing you will ever do? Have you loved it? What What are your thoughts? I definitely, I, I know what you're talking about. I think a lot of, and I don't know if it's just, like, women doing this or if it's, like, men doing this to, like, their women that they, like, have impregnated, basically, whether that's your <laughs> wife or your husband, <laughs> your wife or your girlfriend or whoever. Um, I think a lot of times people do want to think it's, like, the most amazing thing in the world, and I'm not negating that it might be, like, the most amazing thing for some people, Um I have had like a little bit of a harder time with it just in terms of like my mental emotional health and so I would say that pregnancy has been the greatest thing I've ever done like I do want to continue living my life and like you know have career goals and like lifestyle goals and like you know things I want to do and achieve and I definitely hope 
or like I, I know that this is going to be something I look back and like I'm really glad I did like I'm, I'm really really excited to have a daughter I just I don't know I think there's like a smugness and like a like a weirdness that comes with people being like I'm having a child it's the most amazing thing in the world and oh I'm I like, have definitely felt that as a woman <laughs> who like doesn't want to have children and I feel like I get it the worst from like guys are like oh that's interesting like why why do you feel that way but women are like oh, what like, like, how dare you not pursue your God-given you? rights to you have, have a baby? This, <laughs> you have this ability. Why wouldn't you use it? How, like, something is wrong with you. Yeah. It's really intense. It is really intense. And I kind of don't like that. Like, it's such a personal choice. Like, I have always wanted to have a kid, but I don't think that anyone who doesn't want to have a kid is lesser for that, you know? I think, like, you still can achieve everything you want to do in life and, like, you know, die feeling fulfilled as fuck. Like, okay, I did everything I want to do. <laughs> even if, you know, even if that doesn't include having a kid. I think it's just like, it's, it's very much a personal decision. If you want to do it, do it. If you don't, and you're going to be happy without it. So, you know. Hmm. I think it's good to hear from you on this because like a lot of times, maybe it's because I'm only talking to mothers like 20 years, you know, after they've had their kids who just like, they're so proud. It was the best thing they've ever done. And they've kind of forgotten like all the shitty parts about it. Yeah. You know, and like why it sucked and why it was like physically taxing. And so this is good to hear. This is good stuff. Um, yeah. It is really physically taxing. It's hard to walk upstairs. I'm quite out of breath. <laughs> like, it's just... <laughs> but it's it's a it's also a choice that like I know I'm making and I'm you know at some points have been happy at some points have been miserable but it's still a choice that I chose for myself you know and I would never put that all to my daughter like oh you put me through the, all these things it's like I, did I decided <laughs> like I decided to do this like Zach and I chose this lifestyle chose where we wanted to go and what we wanted to do and, and to be at this point so it's it's never something I think people should put onto their kids. Like, how dare you have done X, Y, and Z to me? Like, they did not ask to be here. You brought them here. <laughs> you mm. made the call. So, Thank you for bringing that up because do you think having a child is a little bit selfish in some ways? Because they're not asking. I bring this up because last year an Indian man sued his parents for giving birth to him without his consent. And that... You know, some people hear that and think that is absolutely insane. But, you know, I kind of agree with the guy. Like, none of us really asked to be here. You know, sometimes people get born into really shitty circumstances that aren't fair. And sometimes, you know, they get the opposite, like a really amazing experience. And, like, it's just, you never know. So, yeah. How do you... That's, like, I think the irony of it all, that, like, not a single person on Earth chose to be here. Not a one. <laughs> None. <laughs> Nobody ever alive has been like, I wanted to be here. Welcome to Earth. Thanks, me. This was a good call. Like, <laughs> every single person's parents chose for them. Um, and so I, I definitely think it is selfish. It's it's a parent making the choice to, to bring something into this world that has no clue it's here or why it's here, what the point of it being here is. Um, and I think a lot of times it's like created in love, but it's also created in the idea that like, I wanted to like raise a child. A so. lot of people just want, they're like, I want something that looks like me, you know, and oh, totally, want to pass yeah. on my last name. And there's a lot of like societal implications as to like why you would have a kid. And I think that that guides a lot of people and it almost shouldn't like Zach and I, I think are coming at it from the standpoint of like, we want to raise our best friend. We want someone in our life who like is going to want to be here and we're going to love them and treat them well and like do 
all the fun things together and like like just hopefully be an amazing family but it's definitely like our call to do this so you can't get mad at your kid if they don't want to be part of your life or something like that you know it's it's they become their own person at a certain point and you do everything you can to like show them the way you think life should be lived and show them the best of everything hopefully but ultimately like I think a lot of people fail in relationships because they think it's it's a given and it's never a given so have you been reading parenting books like in what ways are you preparing to do the actual parenting part right like you're about to get over you know the most difficult hump just getting this baby out but then what you know I think I've always been interested in that kind of like psychology stuff so I've always been reading things um I'm not reading anything like particular right at the moment I have a baby book which has just been teaching me about like some developmental milestones but um I haven't done too much research into the actual parenting I've more been preparing for like the how to take care of a newborn how to like sleep schedules and that sort of stuff um just taking it as it comes I guess because that's the first part that I'll need to work with so yeah learning all I can about breastfeeding and about getting her to sleep the right amount of days at night and setting up the crib and all that sort of stuff has been like more pivotal right now interesting yeah well I think you're gonna be a great parent Thank you. Um, I'm going to try. We've had a lot of, you and I have had some experiences, some, <laughs> some view, bird eye views of how not to be a parent. Um, and I think like, as long as you, you know, keep on learning and like recognize that, you know, it doesn't just take one parenting book that you read when they're two and that's going to guide you the whole way. Like, you know, people are dynamic and humans are constantly changing and yeah, sometimes you got to go back to the drawing board I feel like sometimes parents don't do that they're just like this is what I know and this is all I know so yeah well it very much feels to me like parenting is going to be something where it's like any sport you've ever done or any any thing you've ever tried to learn where you start doing it you evaluate how it's going good or bad and then you try to adjust it you know oh it's going badly I'm not playing basketball to the standards that I want to be okay well let's repractice dribbling let's repractice like you know whatever it is um, I think that's something where I'm just going to keep evaluating and try to make it the best I can as I go along and, and figure out ways in which I'm doing really well, keep doing that, figure out ways in which I'm doing kind of mediocre and maybe research how, how that could be better, but also like just different ways of doing it. So I'm at least informed enough to say, okay, well, I'm going to try this option. And if that doesn't work, I'm going to try the next option and keep going. I think you're going to be a good parent and you're going to do... The, the job that not a lot of people can do, right? Because, like, infertility is an issue that not a lot of people talk about. But the reality is that not everyone can have a child, right? Yeah. No, infertility is super interesting. I didn't struggle with it at all. But it's it's something where there's actually, like, significantly more people do have trouble with it than I think anyone ever talks about. Um, and, you know, just looking at the statistics, like, I think it's every, like, you know, 12 to 13 percent of couples trying to get pregnant in America right now um, have infertility issues. And so they, you know, that either ends up being something where maybe there's like a genetic condition behind it causing the infertility or there's something like um, polycystic ovary syndrome where your ovaries just kind of like aren't operating to the levels they should be. Um, There's there's just various like things that happen. And I think it's something we should talk about more, especially with the fact of a lot of people wait to have kids. 
Um, like I'm 24 right now, and so I'm kind of at a a prime age. I, I would think say. you're a baby, but <laughs> it seems like like health wise, you've picked a good time. Yeah. I completely agree with that. I think, like, societally, I'm a bit young at this point in time to be having a kid. But in terms of, like, my health and how your body ideally wants to perform that, like, function of having a kid, you should do it in your 20s. A lot of people wait till their 30s. Even more people wait, you know, 35, 40. But it's like by the time you're 40 years old, your fertility has gone down 90%. Like, as a woman... You, Holy you, cow, what kind of things am I risking if I wait until I'm 40? You um, your risk of having a kid with autism, skyrockets, a left-handed child. Hey, that's a, I think that sounds like a good thing, the left-handedness. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's it's I don't think it's a good or bad thing, but but yeah, no, it, there's a lot of like health risks to you and to your kid when you're that old trying to have a child. Just like the chances that would even survive to term because I'm yeah, well, old. the chances of getting pregnant are, like, decreased by 90% at 40 years old. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then after that, it's like, yeah, you could have a miscarriage. You could have something, like, wrong. Your kid could have Down syndrome, autism spectrum disorder. Like, all, all sorts of things happen at that as as the mother gets older. Because those eggs are, like, not to the, the level that they, you know, it, I guess... I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you're born with pretty much all the eggs you'll have in a lifetime. And then they kind of just like drop as you go along. You get your period. You get one every month. Dude, how crazy is it that you were born with a set of eggs like that were like like you were a part of your mother's eggs, were part of her mother's eggs, were part of their mother's eggs? Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Like my daughter's going to be born with all of her eggs that will eventually become a child or not, depending on her choices later in life. But. Yeah, so it's interesting, and then by the time you're 40 years old, those eggs are just, like, getting older. They're not to the quality they once were, and so I think it's something that a lot of people need to consider earlier on if they do want to have a kid to just, if you have the right partner and you have the right situation financially and lifestyle and, like, that's what you want to do, you shouldn't wait, I don't think. There's a lot of, like... an interesting perspective because I feel like the narrative a lot of times is, like, Live it up, live your life, have fun in your 20s. That's what I've been doing. I never plan on having kids, but I know a lot of people who are planning on doing that, you know, in their late 30s, like maybe 36, maybe 37. Um, But yeah, you in your position, like when you're 40, your kid's going to be 16. Yeah, my daughter will be 16 years old when I'm 40. That is crazy to me. Yeah. So she'll graduate high school when I'm 42, and then I'll have my kid out of the house. I don't know. Well, everyone else, you know, is going to end up, not everyone else, but people who say wait to 40 years old, their kid's 18, they're 58, they're going to retire in a couple years. They only get a couple years break. I think it'll be interesting for Zach and I to have that time that's, like, just us, like, you know, living at home and our kids are out of the house, either at college or doing a trade or doing whatever they want to do with their life, um, Maybe still living at home with us. I don't know, but <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be different. But we'll have all of that time between like retirement and like being young parents. We'll have yeah. Wow, this life planning is it's pretty insane. It is. You guys are looking at a but long I time. Like, I want people to consider that more. Like I don't want any of my friends to like have this desire that they want to have a kid and then they've like waited too long. You know, like I really hope that doesn't happen to anyone I know or anyone in the world just because they wanted to like pursue a career first when 
I think the option to pursue careers and to pursue goals is always there. But oh, that is just does decrease. such another conversation too. Like the the issue for women between like choosing a career or family. You know, like where are you on that spectrum? You want to have both, right? I definitely want to have both. Yeah, yeah. I think I think anything you want to do, you can accomplish it. So to me, I'm like, I'll have a kid. I'll figure out the daycare situation at some point I'll go back to work and then I'll start pursuing the career goals that I like haven't reached at this point in time so I think you don't need to choose I don't think yeah it seems like um people who wait to build a career first in some ways end up getting you know shafted at work eventually when they have to take time off grabbing their kid or vice versa you know you have the kid first and then you're like a little bit later than your peers and getting like your career started all the while dealing with like you know the scheduling logistic issues of having a young child while you're like working on your career women are have it so hard they do (laughs) they really do and like there's still huge statistics about how like the most of the child rearing still falls onto women even if they have a career they're the ones expected to like take off work to take you know little timmy the doctor or like (laughs) whatever it may be you know i think like a lot of the the parenting and the cleaning and the cooking still falls on women, even in this day and age, even if they're working while being a mother. Have you and Zach talked about how you guys are going to balance out those responsibilities? Because you're both going to be working, right? And yeah. Raising a kid. We're pretty much an everyone does everything household. So oh, like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we'll both be child rearing. We'll both be diaper changing. We'll both be cleaning. We'll both be doing laundry. We'll both be cooking meals. Like that's how our relationship has always worked and I don't see that changing an equal partnership I love it it should always be an equal partnership yeah because I think if you if you siphon people off whether it's male or female that you're siphoning if you say one person has the household the gender roles like one you person do the has cooking, the working I'll take out the trash and do the lawn that kind of separation yeah or even just like oh you're a stay-at-home mom or you're a stay-at-home dad so take care of the kids read them the books put them to bed give them the bath and I'll provide the, the money do the laundry yeah and then I'll work it's like is that really fair like no whether it's mom or dad that's not fair I don't think I think everybody needs to keep track of everything because there is so much to do already when you live with someone like (laughs) we have two dogs so like someone has to take them out you know there's there's all these things that already need to be done let alone having a kid so it's just not fair to put any tasks onto somebody when they might not have time in that moment but it still needs to be done you know you still need to take the trash out even if someone's working on something. So everybody has to do everything they can to keep, you know, the chips from falling, essentially. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about something fun real quick to end this. What are you naming your kid? Who came up with it? How are you going to spell it? What does it mean? <laughs> so we're going to name her Leia. Uh, we're not confirmed on the middle name yet. We're kind of thinking Lazuli. Oh my god, I love it! Yes, you won! You got Lazuli in the name. Yeah, so we think her name's gonna be probably Leia Lazuli Larson. Wow, that's some alliteration. That's beautiful. I know, triple L. Um, but yeah, so basically, uh, how her name kind of came to be is that Zach has always been obsessed with the like you know entire Star Wars <laughs> trilogy and that whole thing. Uh, as we started dating, he. Was always trying to get me to watch Star Wars and Marvel and everything else, and I've just never really been into like 
We're not really a superhero, superhero family. like fantasy sh- stuff. Like that's never really been me. Um, but anyways, I ended up like giving in watching Star Wars and I like actually really, really loved it. Like the whole series I think is is really impactful, especially for the time it came out. Like it was you know, it came out in the seventies and then here's this like sassy female lead character. The first time you see her in, you know, the technically the fourth movie, but obviously but the first Star Wars that came out. She just shows up and she's like, I'm rescuing you guys because you guys suck and I have this plan so much better and we're just going to do it. <laughs> she literally shows up, like, I saves the Carrie day. Fisher. Like, <laughs> I love Carrie Fisher. I love Leia's character arc throughout the entire series. I just think she's a really strong female character and it's amazing. And, you know, just what a, what a person to be named after, really, I think. Um, so because he's always had an affinity for that and and because I really like it he suggested it and I'm like you know that's actually like a really beautiful name besides the fact of like where she kind of comes from and like who she is as a role model I think and I think yeah so I've always been super pro women like step up tell people they're wrong get in their face you know like women empowerment female bosses be empowered don't let anyone tell you anything different if you know the right answer like say it do it so the future is female it is. Or it's non-gendered, non-binary. I don't know. But if it is gendered, it's female. <laughs> <laughs> More specifically, yeah. So do you want to talk about the middle name? Because I love that. That's, you know, I love that name. Yeah. So Lazuli is is interesting. Um, I've always loved the Beach House song, Lazuli. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just a very, like, I don't know how to describe it, like, euphoric and interesting song. Um, and so... I feel like there's been many times where you and I just, like, laid on the floor and listened to that song. Yeah. Like, it's just a great song. Like, it just, like pulls you into this weird like it's nostalgic it's like nostalgic. a nostalgic pop beachy feels like love to my ears feels like good yeah. on your ears feels like you're on a different planet kind of when you listen to it um so I've always liked that song and then Zach's always like the stone lapis lazuli according to him and we got in an argument one time because I was like <laughs> how it's do you lazuli. pronounce it <laughs> he was like it's lazuli <laughs> so that was an issue and we go on google and it apparently both are correct oh okay <laughs> so yeah it's lapis lazuli if uh, if you want it to be your lapis lazuli so um but yeah so that was kind of where we got the middle name from so leia lazuli lazuli larson yeah maybe you could have lazuli be her middle name twice in both pronunciations <laughs> that would be <laughs> quite interesting that'd be beating a dead horse i don't know <laughs> kind of yeah <laughs> But yeah, I just think also like Leia Larson's like a really good name. It kind of has a superhero-y vibe to it also. Like it's kind of Peter Parker-y. <laughs> oh my God, it so is. Yeah. Wow. That's that's very up your guys' alley, isn't it? It is, yeah. Just a casual name, but like by night she's like a fucking spider woman, superwoman <laughs> gal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I can't wait for Leia Larson. Um I'm not going to have her call me aunt. I'm going to have her call me birdie because I I don't really like any of our aunts. You know that. And I think aunt is just a weird word in general. I'm I'm not an insect. I'm not like a little thing on the ground. Anyways, I had a high moment one time where I was like, aunt, insect, bird. I'm going to have her call <laughs> me birdie. Whether I don't know if that makes sense, but it made sense to me at the moment. And now I'm birdie. Birdiem, and um, yeah, I hope kids don't make fun of her when she's like talking about how like her birdie's coming over. You know, <laughs> she doesn't fly. Yeah, you do. <laughs> well, 
Is there anything else you want to throw out about being pregnant or not being pregnant or? Yeah, just like be empowered. You know, the female body is amazing. If you want to do, if you want to have a kid, do it, you know, don't wait. But if you don't, like, you're just as much a woman, you're just as much empowered and, like, you know, you can be a mother to anything. Like, mother your community if you feel this desire to be mother a mother, but you plants. don't want to physically be a mother. Like, there's a million ways to, like, be impactful as a woman, whether or not you're literally a mother, metaphorically a mother, or not a mother at all. Just, like, love yourself, be empowered. Oh, I love that. Let's end on that. Thank you, Magnus, Maggie, Altobli. Um, We're looking forward to Leia Larson. Maybe one day she'll be on my podcast. Perhaps. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.